Congregation, the text for the sermon this morning is Matthew 13, the verses 44 to 46, 44 to 46. We'll read those verses again. And there the Lord Jesus says, again, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field which a man found and hid. And for joy over it, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls, who when he had found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. Beloved congregation of the Lord Jesus Christ, becoming incredibly rich all at once, the Ontario Lottery and Gaming Corporation plays on that dream by holding out the possibility, be it ever so remote, that you can win the big prize if you buy one of their lottery tickets or more. Maybe you stood in line at the store and people were buying tickets. People dream of that. And the, and the OLG shows commercials of people cavorting in expensive places on sunny islands in the south. What, what couldn't you do with millions of dollars? They ask. Endless pleasure. The jack, jackpot for the Lotto Max last week was $30 million. OLG has even initiated online gaming so you can gamble for a big win from your computer at home. You don't even have to leave home. Sadly, they don't show the the seedy side of that whole gambling world, but gambling and gaming have become a disease in our province and country. Sadly, the casinos are full of people pretty well every day of the week while Sunday worship services in so many churches are attended by fewer and fewer people. So many people today don't see why they should attend church on Sundays or every Sunday. Because what benefit do you get from going to church anyway? Why would you bother attending church twice a Sunday? You could better spend your time doing something else, like maybe gaming. At least you'd have a chance at, at wealth and pleasure, even if it is a one-in-a-million chance. However, people like that, we know, are fooling themselves. Their lives are about treasure here, which can be here today and gone tomorrow. Jesus teaches us in the parables of our text for this morning about an eternal treasure available to you for the having. 100% if you believe and embrace Jesus Christ. And in that, he shows that attending church is certainly worthwhile, valuable, makes you a winner. 
And I preach to you those two parables with this theme, in our text with this theme, then great is the treasure of the kingdom of heaven. We see two things. Believers are willing to give up everything for it. And in the second place, Jesus was willing to give up everything for it. So first of all, believers are willing to give up everything for that treasure of the kingdom of heaven. Jesus said a lot about the kingdom of heaven in Matthew 13, this whole chapter in which we find our text. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sold good seed in his field. Kingdom of heaven like a mustard seed. Kingdom of heaven like a net which people, in which fish are caught. Kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. That's in our text. What is that kingdom really? Well, it's not a territory with boundaries like the kingdoms of this world. No, the kingdom of heaven is wherever Jesus is served as king, as Lord. Does he have the say in your life? Then the kingdom of heaven is within you. Is he Lord in your family? Then that kingdom of heaven is in your home. Actually, that kingdom is the Lord Jesus Christ himself and everything he has to offer. Everything he has obtained for us by his cross. A lot can be said about that kingdom. And that's why Jesus spoke quite a bit about it when he was on earth. In our text, he says, then you can compare that kingdom to treasure hidden in a field under the soil. He doesn't say how the treasure got there, but you know in ancient times they didn't have banks the way we do with, with uh, vaults and so on. When, when we have a big sum of money today, we bring it to the bank where it's placed in a big safe. But they didn't have banks with safes like that in Jesus' days. So what would you do if you, you had a bag of gold and silver coins or a bunch of jewels expensive jewels. It wasn't good to store it in your house somewhere because someone could break in and steal it if they knew it was there. So what would you do? Well, you put it in a pot and during the night, in secret, you buried it out in a field somewhere where no one would expect it to be. And only you knew it was there. However, what if you died or you were killed or taken away as a slave to a far country. Nobody would know about that treasure and it would remain buried there, maybe for hundreds of years. And the land would be owned by somebody else, maybe sold a number of times, then rented or leased to somebody else who would work the land. Well, the tenant is busy one spring plowing that field that he rented and the plow strikes something hard and he looks down and he sees a pot with coins spilling out of it, a hoard. Sometimes you hear about hoards being found in Europe, in in England, in a field. Well, something like that. And he looks at that, he, he sees this whole pile of coins 
If that was his, he'd be rich in one shot. So what does he do? The field doesn't belong to him. He can't just take that treasure because the owner of the field might contest his claim to that treasure. He might even be accused of stealing it then. Well, what then? That treasure is valuable to him. He has to get his hands on it. Well, you know what? He'll cover up that treasure again and then buy the field for himself. But how can he buy it? He's just a poor renter. He's a tenant. Well, he'll go and sell everything totally. Everything he owns, his little house, his bit of furniture, maybe his cow, a couple of sheep or so. Sell everything to buy that field. And maybe his wife and his neighbors point to their heads at what he's doing. The Lord Jesus doesn't mention anything about them, but we can imagine that, right? They figure he's gone crazy. What is he doing? But he knows what he's doing. He knows there's this great treasure hidden in that field. So he sells everything to buy the field. Let's think about that hidden treasure for a moment. You you, You don't see it when you walk by that field. And isn't it the same with the Lord Jesus Christ himself? Many people just walk by the Lord Jesus without seeing anything special about him. That was the way it was when he was still a baby. Shepherds came and worshipped him. Men from the wise men from the east brought him gifts. But for the rest, hardly anybody in Israel would have noticed him, acknowledged that, that he was anything special. When he preached the gospel, people listened to him eagerly at first, but later on they kind of lost interest in him and didn't acknowledge him as the Savior. Who is he, this man from Nazareth? Son of Joseph, they said. The Lord Jesus, you see, didn't come on the scene with a lot of fanfare and glory, but lowly in humility. People couldn't see that he was the one who had been promised from the beginning of the world already. The one who would overcome sin which lay at the root of all the misery and trouble in the world. They didn't see that. Would you give up everything for him? That rich young ruler who came to Jesus once couldn't do it. He had kept God's law, but he had the feeling something was still lacking. So he asked Jesus, Master, what must I do yet? What good? And Jesus said, go and sell everything you have and give it to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and then come and follow me. But that fellow went away sorrowful when he heard that because he had many possessions, it says, Understandable that he felt sad like that, right? Would we have reacted any differently, really? Having to give up all your treasures and wealth and possessions, just like that, and then follow Jesus? The thing is, that man didn't realize that he could actually be a lot richer with Jesus than with all his possessions. 
that treasure was hidden in Jesus. Hidden. But it is findable, if there is such a word. That farmer who rented the land discovered it unexpectedly, just plowing. You've been baptized into Christ, most of you already when you were babies. Taught about him by your parents in catechism and in catechism classes. You heard him preached about in church. Have you really come across him too? Discovered him? Found him as your treasure? Have you come to realize how rich you really can be in him? Have you discovered him as the treasure of your life, which you'd be willing to give up everything else for? Even give up your life if, if required to do that? Think about it. We can get so used to the treasure that's being promised to us and sealed to us in Christ. Get so used to Jesus here that we don't see what a treasure we have in him anymore. To have, what a treasure it is to have him, to love him, to know him. He can also remain hidden for us. And then we're like that rich young ruler who put more stock in all his possessions and other things that he had here than in following Jesus. The point is, brothers and sisters, boys and girls, the Lord Jesus is so much a huge treasure, savior of the world, savior of your life. In him are blessings forevermore. He's the treasure we should be willing, happily willing to give everything up to have, to possess. Like the renter in the parable. Like the Apostle Paul who later said in Philippians 3 verse 8, I count all things as loss for the excellence of the knowledge of Jesus Christ my Lord for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them rubbish that I may gain Christ. He realized all the other things that he put so much stock in before was rubbish, junk compared to Jesus Christ. And he had a lot that he considered extremely important and valuable. He was willing to let it all go for Christ. That's what happens when you really come to know Christ. And then your life centers around him. And then you're willing to give up things for him and for his church, his bride. You're willing to give your time to be involved in church to serve him. You're happy to take the time to worship him twice on Sundays if at all possible. You gladly give thank offerings when the deacons collect for the work of mercy. You readily give the first fruits of your income to support church because you want his church to continue here. Why are those kind of things important to you? Because this is where the treasure of the kingdom is to be had. This is where Christ is proclaimed and also signified in the sacraments and where the Spirit wants to work faith. That's why you willingly will give for him, for him. 
give of what you have. Oh, we all have things going on in our lives which are really important to us, right? Job, relationships, hobbies, sports, and so on, career. But if, if we really love Christ, then he would be the most important thing to us. We'd see him as the treasure he is. And we wouldn't let any of those other things, those in other interests, take us away from him. Right? Might not always be easy to let go of other things in order to serve Christ and grow in him if you have the opportunity to give up an evening for Bible study instead of indulging in your hobby or hanging out in front of the TV after a hard day at work. But then you have to ask yourself, what's really truly more valuable for my life and well-being? And considering Christ and your relationship with him as the most valuable thing in your life may mean having to deny yourself a fair bit. But the point Jesus makes is, it's worth it. It's worth it. It has, and it still even costs people, even their lives. They're willing to give up freedom and life for him. That's how far it can even go. And that's why Jesus assures his disciples that whoever loses his life for his sake will actually find it. We come to the second part of the sermon this morning. Jesus was willing to give up everything for that treasure. Now that, that second parable in our text And you might think it says basically the same as the first. It's not. It's different. It's about a merchant who sought beautiful pearls. And pearls, you know, are valuable stones which grow in mollusks in the ocean. Pearl fishermen dive deep for those shells, look for beautiful, big, natural pearls. Some of them extremely valuable, worth millions of dollars even. I read somewhere the largest pearl, 14 pounds. Huge pearl. Extremely valuable, worth millions of dollars. Finest quality natural pearls have been highly valued as objects of beauty for centuries. And because of that, the word has even become a metaphor for something rare, fine, admirable, and valuable. Pearl. Well, That merchant who bought and sold pearls always had his eye open for the most beautiful and valuable pearls because they made him feel good, rich. And one day he came across a pearl which was so big and beautiful he'd never seen one like it before that he knew, I have to have this one. This is the one. I need, I want, I want to buy it even if it costs me everything. What did the Lord Jesus want to say with this parable? Is the kingdom of heaven like that pearl? And is the point that we need to be giving, willing to give up everything for it too? If that's the case, then this par- par- parable is basically like the one before about the treasure hidden in the field. 
And that's the way it's often explained. But you have to read carefully what it says in verse 45. The Lord doesn't say the kingdom of heaven is like a a pearl of great price, like he said with the treasure. No, he says the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls. Kingdom like that merchant. He was rich, otherwise he wouldn't have been a pearl dealer. And he sold all he had to own that one special pearl of great value. Who does that merchant represent or what? He represents the Lord Jesus Christ. Before he became man, the Lord Jesus with with his Father in heaven in glory, and he was fabulously rich. We can't imagine what it's like in heaven. It must be awesome there. Sometimes it's portrayed as streets of gold and so on, right? Well, God's Son had always lived there with his Father and the Spirit. He's God with them, Holy Trinity. And yet one day, according to the agreement, the covenant he made with his Father and the Holy Spirit, God's Son left heaven and came to this earth, this one little planet here, in the creation in the universe. And he let himself become a baby, born in a stable, laid in a manger. In other words, he gave up all that glory and riches he had in heaven to be here on earth as just a poor person among other people. He was poor when he was here because he says too he didn't even have a place to lay his head to put it in today's terms Jesus didn't have a bank account and he even let what he had his clothing for instance be taken away from him when he was crucified soldiers cast lots for his garments he even gave up his life he totally gave everything away. And why did he do that? To obtain a valuable pearl. A pearl that was so valuable to him, he was willing to give up everything in order to make that his own. So what does that pearl of great value represent in Jesus' parable? The pearl he was willing to give up heaven and and all its glory and riches for? That pearl is you. That pearl of great value to him is his church, his bride, his treasure. That's what he was willing to give up everything for. The Apostle Paul writes 2 Corinthians 8 verse 9. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that though he was rich... Yet for your sakes he became poor, so that through his poverty you might become rich. Amazing. Doesn't that give you reason for thankfulness, joyful thankfulness? Because what is so worthwhile about you and me? What's so valuable about the church? 
What does the Lord Jesus see in us? We're not such a shining prize, are we? So imperfect yet. Nevertheless, Jesus has set his heart on us. He loves his people, his church. He values us so highly he was willing to give up heaven for us and to come down here to this little fallen planet here as a nobody and to suffer and die for us on an accursed tree. Gave up everything, like that pearl merchant. Gave up everything to get his hands on that one pearl. And what would he do with that pearl when it was his? He wouldn't sell it. Otherwise, he wouldn't have sold everything to get his hands on it. No. What would he do with it? He'd, he'd keep it as his own. He'd admire it. Hold it up in the sunlight. Admire its wonder at its iridescence. Never get tired of admiring it. Rejoices in it. Just to have it. So the Lord Jesus wants to rejoice in you, in his church, his bride. The Apostle Paul writes in Ephesians 5 in terms of bride. He says, Christ loved his church and gave himself for her that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she might be holy and without blemish. You can think there even of a pearl. He loves his church and wants to rejoice in her. That's why he gave himself up for her, to have her and to hold her. And knowing that, brothers and sisters, will we then not love the church as Christ does and do our best to make her look beautiful for him too, make her shine like a valuable pearl? The church is a pearl of great price in Christ's eyes. When we look at ourselves, hey, in our own lives, we don't feel, we don't right away think of a valuable pearl, pearl of great price. We can sometimes more feel like a piece of rough gravel, damaged, dimmed by past experiences and by our weaknesses and shortcomings. Am I a pearl of great price? Yes. Jesus told you he bought you with his precious blood. And he wants to polish you so that you shine more and more. He's the expert who's honing and perfecting you through your experiences so that you shine for him. Even if you don't feel all that shiny and valuable sometimes. You are to him. Let him polish you. And then through his spirit and word. Your life becomes more and more lustrous to him. More and more pleasing to him. Congregation. Do you see now how these two parables. Of the Lord Jesus. Are not exactly the same. But they complement each other. 
Our Lord calls us to be willing and ready to sacrifice of ourselves for him, the treasure of that kingdom. And then, that's the first part. And then the motivation for that is he so loved us and desired us that he, he himself gave up everything for us so that we might be his pearl forever. Amen. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you for a Savior who, like that merchant who desired that pearl, so loved and desired us for himself. He was willing and ready to give up everything to make us his own, even the glory of heaven. Willing to become poor for our sakes so that we might become rich through him. Lord, we can't fathom why. We can only be amazed and deeply, deeply grateful. And we pray then that we may, like the renting farmer who found that treasure in the field, be ready and willing to also give up everything we have in order to have and keep that treasure of the kingdom, which is Jesus Christ. Work in our hearts so that he may and may be and remain our highest joy and desire and that we're prepared to give up whatever is needed to hold on to him, to love him, and to serve him above everything else. In his name we pray. Amen.